With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Fulhamish is back for the season by Ladbrokes. Ladies and gentlemen, it is showtime. Please welcome the team of the Fulhamish podcast. Hello and welcome to Fulhamish Extra. Who gives you extra, Farrell? Wrigley's. Wrigley's give you extra. Correct. Uh, my name is Jack Collins and I'm joined by Farrell Monk. Hello. Don Betts. Hello, hello. And Ben Jarman. Bonjour. As we look ahead to this weekend's clash with Spurs. Tottenham Hotspur in a London derby. Who's got a good feeling about this one then? Me. You do? Yeah, why not? That's nice. I'm Fair enough. I'm going to be positive. Let's that's, where it t- that's where it turns right, around. Let's start with this. Farrell, give me your thoughts. Uh, so hopefully uh, Kane's ankle has blown up to the size of a of a hot wa- hot water balloon. That's not a thing. And then uh, he, and then he plays on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know they've got a few injuries. They they they're going to be reeling from the loss against Manchester United. You know they did create a lot of chances in that game, but hopefully some of that confidence will have been knocked because they are an excellent team. Um, maybe Dembele will come on for his last hurrah, which yeah, would be, which would be quite nice. Uh, but doubtful it will be will happen. He's probably on the on his way to count his money on the way to. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Goa. he flew to Beijing earlier in the week to finalise his deal. Yeah, well, you never know. Tom ruining the pipe dream as ever. Apologies. Until Tony Khan comes in and hijacks the deal. And nine million f- pounds, get him signed. Yeah, why not? He, for nine million pounds, definitely. Do a job in the championship, wouldn't yeah. he? Oh my god! Could you imagine? <laughs> could you imagine a double pivot of Dembele and Anguissa in the championship? Absolutely kill it, Dom. What are your thoughts on the game? Can't we ask with this game? To be honest, oh. <laughs> are you going to give it a miss? No, go. No, there's no. I just, I just, you just know what's going to happen. Sometimes with home games, you just give it a shift. Yeah, I just, I just think it's just got like three or four one Spurs written all over it. It's you think just, we'll score? Yeah, I do. I do think we'll score. I don't think Spurs' defense is actually that good. Like, I think it's. Probably the worst that the defences have been under Pochettino so far. I mean, you know, you saw how... I know we haven't really got the, the, pace, the pace in our side, but you saw we'll the way... when we signed Ryan Babel. <laughs> you, saw the way, you saw the way to get out, which you're not, which you're not sure it is to play on a counter-attack against them. Yeah. And I think if we are to cause many problems, it, it, we are going to need to not actually put 11 men behind the ball, but just put nine men behind the ball, but, <laughs> but put two quick guys up top. Well, we need to do what basically teams have done to us at the start of the season, which was play over the top of their wing-backs, basically. Yep. I would quite like it if Danny Rose will be playing on Sunday because, I mean, as much as I did used to really like Danny Rose, when I've seen him the last like year since he returned from injury, I'm just like, he's a completely different player. Ben, what are your thoughts on the Spurs game? Um, it's one that I'm actually quite looking forward to because, in actual fact, I quite like watching Spurs play. I think they've got this really, really strange knack of making teams play in front of them and being actually quite resolute, especially in midfield. I think... Pochettino is really, really good at being flexible with his formation, in which not a lot of other managers are. Um, I also like the fact that he's reverted slightly towards the diamond to get the best out of Ali and the best out of Son, but obviously Son's going to be missing, um, and so hopefully will will Harry Kane be missing as well. But uh, everyone's saying that on on Twitter and and the like, but you need to remember that this is a squad that also has Eric Lamella, Lucas Moura, 
Christian like Ali, Christian Eriksen. Mm. There was a lot of firepower the best in that centre midfielder in the Premier League right now, Musa Sissoko. Yeah, he is playing. <laughs> but you know, a front three of Mora, Lamella, and Llorente <laughs> would, would seriously do some with Eriksen in behind as well. You like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Eriksen uh, is one of the best best uh, players in the league. In, in you know, in my, the last time he came to the cottage. Oh my god! So I'm, I'm he ended Scott Malone's career. I'm I'm still thinking about it nightly. That his that performance. I would I would like to mention the fact that by the time we play Spurs, Llorente could actually be gone. There's yes. reports that he will be unveiled by Bilbao on either Tuesday or Wednesday but that may have changed obviously now with well Kane's they need every help they can injury. get at the moment hmm? they well need every help they can get at the moment couldn't even beat Fulham in pre-season yeah exactly no but they beat Sevilla at the weekend though didn't they I know they with did mate. the Bas Thierry on remake he did we all hate Sevilla as well we really do yeah I um, like Sevilla right Don what would you line up with Disclaimer, um, this, this podcast was recorded before we signed ba- Ryan Babble um, <laughs> what? no it's live mate <laughs> Uh, Sergio Rico in goal. I think really best game in the league. <laughs> yeah, I think you know we said w- when we're supposedly going to be the weaker team in the game, we should stick to the three or five at the back. I think if we're going to look at the dominate the game, I think the four at the back suits us more. But I think in this game, you know, five at the back is going to suit us more. So I think you know, I've, yeah, I, I pretty much go same same back five as we did against Burnley. Unless Mawson's back. Yeah, unless Mawson's back. But from what I remember, from what I know, he won't be back to at least next month. So. He is back in training. Yeah, I mm, I don't think he'll be back. No, no, no. I don't think. I, I don't think so either. So I go with same back five midfield. Uh, Callum Chambers and Seri with I'd say Sess, Schurler and Mitrovic. Although I didn't think Schurler did anything. I don't really see. I don't see Vieto as a better option right now. So I don't. There's not really unless we sign like Ryan Babel, then maybe he'd come in for Schurler. If we sign Cahill, he'd come in. But yeah, I'd, I'm not really bothered about the team playing this game because we're going to lose anyway. Right, Ben, who would you start with? Same team? I would go with the best keeper outside the top six in goal. Fabry. <laughs> <laughs> Are we recalling Jesse Yorin? No. Uh, Sergio. Martin my... Dubravka's signed for us. Weird. <laughs> no, he's pony. Oh, I, I, I love Dubravka. We get, we get Sergio Rico, three-time Europa League winner. Knock Manchester United out of the Champions League, just FYI, in goal. Yep. Joe Bryan left back. Maxime Lamarchand. Tim Ream. Dennis Adoy. And then right back, I'll go for Cyrus Christie. And then I'm going to put Chambers, Seri, Tom Kearney in front of them with Mitrovic and then Sess for some pacing behind. Yeah, I quite like that. Putting the, although, you know, the last time we did try and play with, with two strikers and three centre midfielders, we ended up having no width whatsoever and getting dominated by Huddersfield, which was a slight concern. But I, I don't mind it in a game like this where we're going to have to play behind the ball and on the break you'd imagine mm. that having well, that pace up front might work I kind of like just want to get the flicks off Mitrovic really I'm thinking very big Sam here I'm thinking margins and flicks probably Brexit football we'll, we'll see old school Brexit football your favourite Dom yeah. Farrell what do you reckon <sighs> I don't know because I really really want to play Tom Kearney but I can't think of a system with our current players and who's on form and who's playing well where the where we could fit him in, although I did Stephen like Stefan Johansson, false nine. Oh, that is a great idea. Mm. Do you know how well that worked against Brentford away last year? And Sunderland. Like, Sunderland away was the was the real shocker, which was featured on Netflix. It was so bad. Yeah. Um. I I'd be tempt I'd be tempted to revert to the four four two that did actually work okay at at Burnley for at least the half an hour we, we saw it in action. But I think it only worked against what what was ahead of us. I think we'd get absolutely destroyed um, against Spurs with, with a 4-4, four four, unless, you know, we actually stick to a kind of... No, it'd be more an 8-0-2. 
That'd be well, yeah, exactly. Play, well, play Tom Kearney as a sweeper. Two bags of four. Well, Surely. we saw we saw we set up at uh, Anfield actually on the slab. That it was a forty-three-one. Yeah, but I mean, as in a fullback when you just have them all sitting behind the ball. I think the, the only way that I would see it working is if it was a four-two-three-one, and we have Kearney um, with Mitch, literally with Mitrovic and just finding holes here and there I'd be tempted to go with that and try and exploit gaps behind their their wing backs but I mean it was similar to how we played in the away game at Wembley um, and we were outrun on the on the flanks where uh, Trippier seemed to be playing on a different planet I go 4-4-1-1 in this one I, I don't think that five at the back is going to save us any more than having four with two sitting deep midfielders I'd if Frank if Frank's back I'd play Zambo and, and Chambers he, he was back together. supposedly for Burnley fixture so I'd play Zambo and Chambers together in a what about a Cissé Chambers double pivot is that no or, and then I, I'd play Mitrovic with uh, Mitrovic Kearney behind him and Sessegnon and hopefully Ryan Babel on the other wing hmm. but for now Sessegnon and, and Sherlock might have to do it all. but yeah I'd go I'd drop Tim Ream and play Mawson and, and Vieto uh, not Mawson Lamar Chondon <laughs> Lamar Chondon Adoy uh, as the centre back partnership with Brian and Christie outside them, uh, and try and sort of double down on because what they will try and do is swing balls into the box, especially if there's no Kane and they're talking about bringing Urente up in up top. Mm. Then they're going to look to hit us aerially, and I think that if we try and shut down their wing backs with 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 two, well, while we're too narrow, we're going to we're going to let a lot of crosses into the box, and we're just really bad at defending crosses, mm. so we should probably not do that. So yeah, I'd go four four one one. Yeah, I, I, that, I mean, every, that I, does I, sound like an attractive yeah. prospect. We do need to have just so much more structured defensively. I mean, I do like Callum Chambers, and he's been a bit of a rele- revelation in that in that defensive mid position. But kind of exposed him uh, on on Saturday. I thought. I mean, looking into some of the statistics, he only won four of his fifteen duels, which doesn't scream a really solid defensive midfielder. Defensive midfielder. No, right. And you know, Seri wasn't really. Seri was kind of the bit more he was kind of pushing up a bit more and leaving chambers to to run around and try and block everything and if you look at if you have a if you ever get a chance look at chambers's heat map it doesn't scream about someone who was playing on the right of a two-man midfield he was kind of all over a lot and leaving a lot of gaps which is complete opposite to what burnley were doing which were trying to leave no gaps anywhere Good. Well, let's get a Spurs perspective on this. Sammy had a conversation with Flav from the Fighting Cock podcast, a very famous Spurs podcast. Here's what he had to say. Yes, well, thank you very much, Jack. And I am joined by Flav from the Fighting Cock podcast. Big game on Sunday at Craven Cottage, four o'clock, Fulham versus Spurs. And well, Spurs have got their injury problems. Kane, Son and Sissoko all out for the Lily Whites as they head down to SWC. So, Flav, that's my first question to you. How are Spurs going to cope? Uh, we'll probably be all right. I mean, we've previously had to cope with a cane injury. In fact, every season since he started, he's done these ankle ligaments. So it's not an uncommon uh, sort of problem for Pochettino and Spurs to face, but uh, it isn't something that we were kind of relishing, obviously. Um, I think... That will be will be okay. Ultimately, Sissoko is, is is a worry because he's he's kind of one of only two midfielders that we have. Dembele's gone as well, um, so we're gonna have a kind of double pivot in midfield of Winks and Skip, which I guess is a little concerning. But they're both there to do a job and they can follow instructions, so I don't think it's going to be too much of an issue. Obviously, Kane missing is 
is is the biggest problem. But we do have Lorente, and uh, you know he he hasn't never had a kind of long run in the side under Spurs. He's always been happy to kind of fill in for eight or nine nine minutes or or these odd cup games every now and then. Um, but I'm interested to see how he'll get on, and we'll have to change our style somewhat because he's not the most mobile of uh, players. But um, if we can get down the wings and whip crosses in, I think he'd benefit greatly. And uh, I still think we've, we've got enough to um, to, to handle Fulham, um, even without Kane and Mora and uh, Sissoko. Yeah, Son. this season you've been uh, you've definitely been batting away uh, the teams at, at the lower end of the table. It's more the games against uh, some of the top six, especially uh, at home. You've been been struggling. Probably the Wolves game is maybe the only anomaly in that fact. Wolves are. We had trouble with Wolves over two legs, uh, so both games. Uh, I, you know, some managers, their tactics. They, they, it's like there's a an Achilles heel. Every manager meets one, and they can't quite get it. Like we have good. Pochettino has an excellent record against Pep Guardiola, for example. You know, he, I mean, he isn't beating him every time, but he's got some really big victories over him and tends to fare quite well against him. And um, the Wolves manager, we uh, uh, Pochettino, he just seems to have his number. So Wolves over two two games, you know, they they tore us apart. To be fair, and it's probably the that was the most depressing result of the season because there was we could take nothing from it. They were they were just twice as good as us. Um, there was we, we were very very poor, and the only thing we could put that down to, other than being completely outclassed, was fatigue. But then you know the next week you turn up and win again, so it can't be can't be fatigue. So it's just one of those days where we got. We got taken apart, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's only the top top sides and top six that tend to take points off each other. Um, you know, it's tough. Uh, you know, we lost one nil against Man United, but we didn't deserve to lose it. Another game, we would have beaten them hand- handsomely. They had a good spell of 20 minutes in the first half. Um, they got their goal eventually, but anyone who watched that game, how Spurs didn't win it is is... Uh, it's a mystery, but football is like that. Someday, you know, De Gea had the game of his life, and that's saying something because he's, you know, world-class keeper. Um, you know, it's one of those things—a game of inches. Another time, like I say, we'd have won that game three or four-one. Um, the performance was there, so you take a lot from that game, but the result wasn't. What did you make of the Spurs-Fulham game earlier in the season? You and I spoke before that. Uh, Spurs came away with a 3-1 win, but it was probably one of the more positive Fulham away performances this season. There was about 20 minutes in the second half where we really had your number and um, you know we were delighted with the goal we scored. It was a beautiful move up until that point. Trippier's free kick was the difference in the end, really. But it, it was a close tussle, and I think if... Fulham can perform like they did that day on Sunday. I feel like we might be in for a close game, if if not necessarily three points. Well, I'm only I'm only going by what I've seen of Fulham this season and the struggles you've had. Obviously, in a changing manager, Ranieri's come in and hasn't pulled up trees so far. Um, there still doesn't seem to be much of a balance in in your side, and I'm not sure if you if anyone knows what your team is, given all of the. The, the players that were brought in and, and um, the change of manager. and So, uh, if I think a settled side beats one that's disorganised and that's not even one where, you know, when you include the, the, the quality that Spurs have because the amount of money we're, we're able to pay. Um, I see that you bought Ryan Babel, uh, which is... Um, 
for a relegated team, a team that's fighting relegation, I'm, I'm not sure Ryan Balbo or, or Ryan Neri are the right right choices to be honest. But um, you know, we'll see. I'm probably going to eat humble pie after the week after all this that I've said. I think um, I think Fulham were were very good uh, at Wembley, but that, that's that's the difference really is that we can have a good spell against the teams can have good spells against us, but it usually doesn't end up in them winning the game. Um, but you know, who knows what's going to happen in football? I didn't think we were going to get pumped by Wolves at home, but we did. Um, let's talk about uh, Harry Winks. Um, he's had a, had a really good season uh, in the Spurs team. Really, an established name there now, and kind of for a few seasons he's been in and out of the team. But now he's he feels like a very established part of your midfield, and uh, him, Sissoko, and Ericsson really have. Uh, have done wonders for you this year. And then you've kind of got the solid spine of Alderweire, Alvatongan and, and Lloris in behind. It's a very settled team. Um, and, and even yeah. with the injury problems you've got, you feel like we still know what to expect from this Spurs side, even though you're going to have to make changes on Sunday. What we saw last time we didn't have Kane was we played a false nine, although we didn't have a any backup back last season. You know, we had Vincent Janssen, who's barely a footballer. And uh, he, he, um, we, we ended up playing a false nine and there was lots and lots of movement up front. Uh, so we kind of, they, it was a, a combination, like a rotation between Ericsson, uh, Lamella and Deli Ali and Son. And it was actually, we went away to uh, Chelsea and won with that formation. And it was such a good performance. that it, it, I almost, like a lot of people were like saying, I'm not sure Kane gets straight back in this team. Obviously, he did. He was half fit and he still got straight back in the team. But some people were talking about how that we were actually playing a more effective and better style of, or brand of football than, than than we did with Kane in the side. But obviously, Kane's so good, you can't leave him out. But we do, we're do we much more direct when Kane does play. So I think we'll be a lot more on the floor, a bit, give Fulham much more opportunity to get involved in the game than when we would if, if Kane would have played because we would have, would have gone for our more direct style that, that makes it very difficult for... Um, for most teams. Um, yeah, Winks has had a, I mean, we know, we knew what Winks was about. It's just that he had his, he had two bad injuries, ankle injuries, one that kept him out for about six, seven months. And before that, he was on the brink of, um, I think he actually did play for England, if I might remember rightly. And he was, he was actually playing better form than he, than he is now. Um, he's got loads of opportunities because we've got no, no midfield other than him and Sissoko, you know, Dembele, Daya, Wanyama, have all had a, a rotation of injuries. And at the moment, obviously, Wanyama, uh, Dyer, and and uh, Dembele were all injured for the last three or four weeks. So, you know, Winks has to play, and, and so does Sissoko. And then that coincided with the fact that Sissoko somehow turned from a footballer that was just... It was kind of like he, he became a cult hero because he was so bad. And it was awful. He would start a game and you'd be like, what, what, is, what is going on here? And um, I think through the fact that we had literally had no one else in midfield that he had to play, we started to see a, a different side of him. And he started to show quality and the fans started to get behind him because his bar, his performance level was so low. We, um, he, he got to a stage where um, the, the fans were getting behind him. They were, they, they looked at him and then they saw that, that, that there was a player there and, and you know, there's like that cliche about players playing uh, with confidence, and and they're you know they're confidence players. That's very much Jusoko. In um, at Barcelona, you know, you would say that he was 
he was probably technically the best player on the pitch, which is madness. I understand how ridiculous that sounds. But on that night, with the belief and, 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 the, and the fans behind him and the simple role that he's been asked to do, which is essentially pick up midfield, recycle play and make runs behind. It was just like, he looks like a £30 million player now, which is mad. And I don't know how Pochettino has done it. I'll read that. Uh, just a quick word on um, Moussa Dembele, if you if you have uh, two seconds, because um, yeah. he was one of uh, my favourite ever players to play for Fulham. And, and I think we all could tell his ability from day one when he arrived under Mark Hughes. He's gone on to, you know, great things at Spurs. He's moved away from you guys this January. Uh, and I know you guys hold him in such high esteem. He, he's an absolutely wonderful footballer, isn't he? Um, he's one of my favourite ever footballers. Uh, I love him. I, he, I hadn't seen a player whose ability to just glide across the pitch, carry the ball past players like they're not there, and the strength and guile that he had. I, I don't think I'll ever see a player quite like him again. I, I'm not saying he was the best player I've ever seen. Um, he, he's certainly up there, but it, he's just style of play was so unconventional and so effective. I just, I, I loved him. I really, really did, and I'm really sad to see him go. I still think he could have. He could have, we could have got another season out of him probably, but obviously he's not going to. We're not going to give him a new contract with his with his injury record and getting nine million pounds for a player of his age and his injury record is is good business. So I'm gutted though. I'd rather have really seen his contract run down and and play in the midfield that was at times this season been crying out for him because um, he offers so much. He offers different a uh, different skill set and a different offering than than Sissoko and Winks, and you'll know at Fulham that the minute he got the ball the players around him were allowed to gamble because they knew he wasn't going to lose it yeah so you know it's a shame and it's a shame for English football and I'm, I'm sad to see him go but uh, you know thankful for all the times we had yeah, 100%. And, and, and good for Musa to kind of get his one big final payday as well over in China. So uh, it's been kind of, uh, you know, there's always been a good tussle between Spurs and Fulham at the cottage. And uh, Fulham have got their fair share of wins as of Spurs. Yeah. A few thumping ones I remember down the years, particularly a couple uh, in the FA Cup. How do you see it going uh, on Sunday at the cottage flag? I, I, we'll, I don't think we'll win. I think it'll be close, but I think we'll win 2-0. Um, defensively, we, we, we've been good. Um, the first barring that 20 minutes in uh, against Man United, so I think it's going to be a tight game. But I think we, I think we, like I say, I think we've got enough to to get get through it. Um, I just on that Fulham, like I know everyone talks about this, but Craven Cottage is probably my favourite away ground. And oh, I had I had a ticket. Me and my old man had a ticket each to go, but they've fallen through, so I'm not able to go now, unfortunately. But I was looking forward to that. Um, one that sticks out was a three-all draw. Uh, back in, I'd well, say 2008, maybe 2009. Uh, and Bale, I think Bale scored, and you lot scored like this weird looping overhead kick in the, the last minute. It was an incredible game. Yeah, Diamante um, Camera. Yeah, I've been a, that's right. Yeah, I've been a few a few times for Fulham. It's a great game, a uh, great ground. And, and for that reason, I hope you lost out. Well, I hope so too, Flav. Uh, it's going to be a good game on Sunday, however it goes. Uh, if you know any Spurs friends or family, make sure they check out Flav's podcast, The Fighting Cock. It's absolutely hilarious. Uh, one of the very, very good ones. Uh, Flav, thank you for talking to Fulhamish. 
Cheers, mate. Thank you. Right, well, thank you to Flav and the Fighty Cock and to Sammy for doing that interview. That's pretty much all of it from us here at Fulhamish Extra. All that's left for me to do is to say thank you to Ben Jarman. Thank you very much. Thank you to Tom Betts. It's all right. Thank you to Farrell Monk. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. I've been Jack Collins. This has been Fulhamish Extra. We'll see you after Spurs at the Old Suffolk Punch where we will be doing full-time. Please do come down if you fancy a drink and a chat after the game. It's on the Fulham Palace Road. You whites. ACAST powers some of the world's best podcasts. Here's a show we recommend. This spooky season, have a listen to Let's Talk About Myths, baby! A podcast about Greek mythology that tells it honestly and often with a lot of gore, at least when it comes to these spooky season episodes. Every week in October, I have released a new episode with various levels of spooky in Greek mythology. There are ancient stories of haunted houses, ghosts, werewolves, general tragedy, and even a very bloody tree. Greek mythology has a little something for everyone, especially when it comes to spooky season. So listen to Let's Talk About Myths, baby, every week, wherever you get your podcasts. A cash recommends. recommends.